Lust is not saying someone is beautiful, okay? You can see somebody, and, and as a young Christian, you know, trying to deal with these things, areas of my life, I'd see a gal who was a, God created beautifully, and I would say, oh, wow, she's beautiful. I'm like, I'm lusting. Well, actually, no, you're just appreciating God's handiwork. Lust is when you take somebody and you remove them from seeing them as an image bearer of God. That's what it is. And it's objectifying and using them selfishly in your own heart. Adultery is one of those commandments that has less impact in our culture than it once did. Most people would probably say that adultery is wrong. But what about pornography or lust? Gradually, more and more has become acceptable, but it all falls under the umbrella of adultery. Pastor Daniel will help us to define what lust really is and how to deal with the pervasiveness of sexual imagery and casual attitudes in our culture. Now, here's Pastor Daniel with his continuing study entitled, Ten Commandments. There hasn't been a day of peace since Jesus rose from the dead. Not one day of peace on the globe. There's been a skirmish going on somewhere every single day. So war is a part of life. We live in a day and age where abortion is prevalent, capital punishment. We live in a, in a country where different states do and some don't, but by and large, it's prevalent. So we want to think through it not as Americans, although we are blessed to be Americans. As Christians, that actually supersedes all of our other affiliations, Jesus said that unless I'm the top, you don't hate everything else, you're not worthy of me. That's what he said. So our Christian faith supersedes all our other affiliations. So whatever your political persuasion, your commitment to Jesus supersedes that. Whatever your gender is, your commitment to Jesus supersedes that. Whatever your, just your normal constitution is, your commitment to Jesus supersedes that. And so as Christians, our job is to look at the Bible, seek the heart of God, and wrestle with it. And I, and I admit, I wish sometimes the Bible was as black and white as I'd want it to be. But there's a lot of these hot button issues where there's a lot, you can make a lot of different arguments if you really think through it. And so I want to just encourage you, if you have strong positions on the things that I just said and you're upset about what I said, I'm sorry. I would love to be able to give everything in a nice, neat box, but certain things just don't come in a neat box, biblically. And that's why we walk by faith and not by sight. But I believe that we can hold differing opinions on these things and still love one another in Jesus' name because God's growing all of us up, amen? Okay, let's go to the next commandment then. In verse 14, you shall not commit adultery. You shall not commit adultery. This is the seventh commandment. In Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 18, says it exactly the same way. You shall not commit adultery. Now, adultery, of course, what you think about in a physical way is when a man and a woman are married and one of them breaks their covenant of marriage with another person. And we live in a day and age where sometimes that person is 
either of the opposite sex or now we live in a day and age where it's becoming more common for people to do it with people of the same sex. So it's the breaking of a marital covenant with someone other than the person you've made a commitment to. That's what it is. Now, the Bible speaks of two types of adultery, spiritual adultery and then physical adultery. There are two types And if you read the prophet Jeremiah, one of the focuses of his prophetic ministry is calling the children of Israel back from spiritual adultery. Listen to Jeremiah chapter 3, verses 6 to 9. The Lord said also to me in the days of Josiah the king, have you seen what backsliding Israel has done? She has gone up on every high mountain and under every green tree and there played the harlot. And I said, after she had done all these things, return to me. But she did not return. And her treacherous sister Judah saw it. Then I saw that for all the causes for which backsliding Israel had committed adultery, I had put her away and given her a certificate of divorce. Yet her treacherous sister Judah did not fear, but went and played the harlot also. So it came to pass through her casual harlotry that she defiled the land and committed adultery with stones and trees. Now, I know that sounds totally weird, committing adultery with stones and trees. But what they're saying is this. Anybody who's read the Bible realizes that the marriage between a man and a woman is actually a picture. It's not just about human happiness, although it has to do with human happiness. There's a greater picture at stake. This is why God values marriage. Because the Apostle Paul, Ephesians chapter 5 in talking about husbands and wives, starts talking about Jesus and the church. God and his covenant people. See, the reason why God requests that men and women make a covenant, a commitment of love and faithfulness to each other is because the family as God's main unit for a society is meant to be a picture of God's covenant to people. God and the church. Jesus and his bride. So it's very easy when the people who have committed themselves to God, who God has made a covenant with, when they start to love and worship other gods, they are, in a, in a sense, committing spiritual adultery. We're straying on our marriage, our covenant to the Almighty God and choosing to worship other things. The children of Israel... In their day, being surrounded by nations who worshipped other gods, it was very common for them to go and worship under the trees in all the different ways that people did in their day. Now, American culture, by and large, we don't worship statues very much, although there are a lot of Eastern nations and countries that still do. But we have a different set of spiritual adultery. And if you look at the, the idols of our Western culture, oftentimes it has to do with materialism, security and safety, and sexuality. Now, it's interesting. Same gods were back in the day. They were just worshipped differently. So we have to be careful not to love our things more than we love God. God doesn't say we can't have things. He just says we can't commit our lives to them. Like, it's funny. I'm talking about this now. I mean, that beautiful bass that I'm playing, that was a gift. It was the base of all bases for me, and it just fell down. Like you got, for those of you here for worship, it fell right up the stand. I was bummed. You know? And it's like, and it's not wrong to be bummed as long as I don't worship the bass. It's a bass. And we play it and we love it. But it's just a bass, not God. See, 
Idolatry is when you take a good thing, like a base, and you make it an ultimate thing, like a god. And you take a good thing, you make it an ultimate thing, and then what does it become? A bad thing. That's what idolatry is. It's taking a good thing, making it an ultimate thing, then it becomes a bad thing. Okay? So spiritual adultery is when you take a good thing and you make it an ultimate thing. You make it the thing that you live for, breathe for, die for. If that thing is anything other than God, then you are, in effect, committing spiritual adultery. You have strayed from the lover of your soul who has made a covenant with you in Christ. So that's one type of adultery. That's spiritual adultery, when we stray from God. And second, of course, there's physical adultery, which is in the covenant of marriage when you stray from your marriage. Now, as we said about murder, so is true about adultery. If you're in here today or you're listening online and you have been married and you have strayed on your marriage and you have committed adultery, there is grace for you in Christ. There is. I always think of John chapter 8 when Jesus, they found a man and a woman caught in the act of adultery. Interestingly enough, they only brought the woman to Jesus. They only tried to stone the woman. You wonder, like she was caught in the very act. They said, where's the guy? Talk about preferential judgment. But they bring the woman. They say, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. What should we do? And Jesus said, well, what does the law say? So we should stone her with stones. He said, well, hey, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. What a fascinating statement. It said, from the oldest to the youngest, everybody left. And only Jesus and the woman was there. And Jesus said, where are these accusers of yours? So they have all left. Jesus said, I don't condemn you either. Go and sin no more. I love that about Jesus. Jesus doesn't say, just go back, go commit adultery again, no problem. He doesn't say that. He said, look, I don't condemn you. Why? Because I came to save you. But don't do it anymore. So brother, sister, if you're in here today, and listen, I'm not naive enough to think that in a room this size, this many people, I'm sure there's people in here right now, there's people who are straying on their marriages. They're doing it. The statistics would say that that's the case in a lot of us. Go and sin no more. And receive the grace of Jesus. If that's you in here, you need to stop right now and you need to turn. You need to run the other way. Whoever that person is, you have to stop spending time with them. You have to stop. Cut it off. That's what, isn't that what Jesus said? If your hand causes you to sin, what? Cut it off. If your eye causes you to sin, what? Pluck it out. Now, we say it all the time. God's not a God of amputation. What he's saying is deal ruthlessly with the issues in your life. Deal root, don't play around with it. Don't save it for later. You need to cut it off. We talked about it on Sunday, taking a dump run, right? Those of you who are here. I was talking to a woman. She's like, Pastor Jane, I'm going, I'm going on a dump run. I'm like, man, praise the Lord. I was pumped. She was pumped. She's like, I'm just, just, just unforgives my heart. I'm taking it to the dump. I'm leaving it there. I'm like, right on. I'm like, I'm with you. You see, physical adultery destroys people. It's what it does. The breaking of the covenant destroys people. It's interesting, in Matthew chapter 19, the only grounds for divorce, according to Jesus, is sexual immorality. When someone strays on the marriage, why is that? Because once that trust is broken, it's very hard to be rebuilt. 
Doesn't mean that it can't be rebuilt. I know a lot of couples who love the Lord, someone made a mistake, and they chose to work through it. And it's amazing, for each one of those folks, they, they just talk about God's amazing grace, God's restorative grace. So there can be room for forgiveness. It doesn't mean it has to go that way. But listen, if you're in here today and you have made that mistake, come to Christ. If it, it may be in here, it's going to be for the first time tonight. Come to Jesus. Let him cleanse you. If you realize you have a murderous heart, come to Jesus. Let him cleanse you. There is no unforgivable sin except blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, which is rejecting Jesus. So there is grace for us. You think of David and Bathsheba. It's a classic biblical example of adultery. Now, listen to Jesus. Matthew chapter 5, verses 27 to 29. He says, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. Now, you see what Jesus just did. Just like with murder, Jesus said, look, if you have anger, you're a murderer. With adultery, if you have lust in your heart, it's as if you've committed adultery with them in your heart. Now, people always say, man, that's a nasty verse. What is lust? Lust is not saying someone is beautiful, okay? You can see somebody, and, and as a young Christian, you know, trying to deal with these things, areas of my life, I'd see a gal who was a, God created beautifully, and I would say, oh, wow, she's beautiful. I'm like, I'm lusting. Well, actually, no, you're just appreciating God's handiwork. Lust is when you take somebody and you remove them from seeing them as an image bearer of God. That's what it is. And it's objectifying and using them selfishly in your own heart. So brothers and sisters, listen, you were actually created to look at somebody and say, wow, that person's amazing. But you need to keep it there. When you see somebody say, wow, that person's really amazing. Say, praise God that you could create such amazing people. You know what's amazing? When you start viewing people that way, everyone's beautiful. Everyone you see, like, wow, Lord. I mean, I look in the mirror every morning. I'm like, Lord, you are wild. I'm like, Lord, I didn't even know you could grow hair there. I mean, that's just amazing. You know, and then you talk to people like, yeah, I can't get a beard in and all. I'm like, man, I got a five o'clock shadow at 6.30 a.m. I'm like, that's amazing. Lord. How do you do that? You see, like, everybody's beautiful because God created everything. And God's like, this is good. And then God created humanity and said, man, this is so good. You ever read that? Everything that God created said it's good. And then he gets to humanity and God's like, man, I am way good at this. I love that. Like, God's, he created, like, everything was good, but humanity was his hit single. He's like, this is the one. This is the best thing I've done. So listen, it's okay to see somebody of the opposite and say, wow, that person is amazing. But don't let it go past there in your heart. Praise God for his beautiful creation and don't behold them in your heart. Because once you behold them in your heart, that's where the trouble starts. Now for you guys, I'm going to talk to the guys. You ladies, you need to listen in. Guys, we are visual, most of us. 
So I heard a pastor say to me as a young man, he said, Daniel, the first look, you're normally all right. You get in trouble with the second look. Okay? So men, listen, first look, good. If you go to the second look, just decide to study the concrete. Decide to study the concrete. Become a concrete specialist. I'm not kidding. Seriously. The floor is a great place to look because we want to honor God and honor God's daughters. I love Job who said, I have covenanted with my eyes not to look on a maiden to lust after her. And I like that. That's like a man statement right there. I've made a covenant with my eyes. I'm not going to mess around. Guys, listen. The internet, you got to click the, the browser off. There is a multi-billion dollar industry that is totally wired because we are visual men. I remember there was a time I liked sports, Sports Illustrated. I had papers on the side of my screen because I wanted to look at the, the highlights, but the sides were, are a mess sometimes. I would tell you guys, do not go too far in trying to keep your eyes pure. Because you have to remember, I, had a, I have a friend, not all, you guys know I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I have a lot of friends who are not Christian. I had a friend who worked for one of those guys' magazines in the advertising department. And he's like, we were talking, I'm like, I'm like, these women on the cover, they don't really look like that. He's like, oh, no. He's like, the amount of work that's done on these pictures to make them look like that. He's like, if I showed you the original picture and then what, they, and then what you see, you'd be blown away. Because what happens is, is because guys are visual and they keep trotting out all these these visuals, you look at your wife like, my wife doesn't look like that. But you know why your, your wife doesn't look like that? Because those women don't look like that either. They don't. And what it does is it warps our minds. It warps our minds. So guys, I'm being serious. I'm being serious because we need to get serious about this. The reason there is a multi-billion dollar pornography industry is because guys use it. That's why. It's user-driven. And if we cut it off, if the body of Christ cuts it off from our midst, then it won't be there as much. Now, I say that, now let me talk to the ladies, because what used to be a man problem, now there's all these movies coming out, there's like 50 Shades of Grey, that, that's, like, that's like mommy porn, in written form. I haven't read it, I've only been told about it. And, and there's movies that come out that are like, kind of like what used to be for guys, like a Magic Mike, there was a movie that came out I'd heard about. It's like mommy porn, it's becoming a huge thing. You don't have to do this, but if you go on a Kindle, if you have a Kindle and you look at all the free books, almost all of them are wrote like almost soft core women's novels about trysts with men. It's exploding industry. Why? Because when women used to be pure and not persuaded by this, now they're not anymore. And it's an, it's an exploding industry. And guess what? I know some of these guys, the guys on, on the women's magazines, like Us Weekly, those guys don't look like that either. They're getting airbrushed too. And you look at your husband and he's got a little extra tire around the middle. And you're like, he don't look like Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> so sisters, listen, you got to cut it off too. We got to, listen, there's too much at stake. It's not Nothing. It's so important that God put it in his word 
And he sent his son to die to forgive all of us who have partaken in all this stuff. Adultery begins in the heart long before it gets into action. Adultery physically happens in our hearts with someone long before it can ever happen physically. Listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 to 11. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. I hate that line. Do not be deceived. That's like, a, I'm going to zing you right now. Don't think it's not so. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. When you read that list, all of us end up on that list, don't we? In some way, how many times have we reviled somebody? All of us end up on this. But listen, it doesn't stop there. 1 Corinthians 6, 11. And such were some of you. For you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Brothers, sisters, listen. No matter who you are in here tonight, no matter where you've been, no matter where you find yourself on that list, if you come to Jesus, you will be forgiven. Such Of such were some of you, which means all of us have been different things. But if we receive God's grace and let Jesus wash us and cleanse us, then we become acceptable for the kingdom because we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And for some of you in here tonight, maybe watching online, listening to this message on our, our, one of our apps or somewhere, listen, all you have to do is say yes to Jesus right now and start to follow him and you will be forgiven. Doesn't matter where you've been, no matter how much murder you've committed physically or in your heart, no matter how much adultery you've committed physically or in straying away from God, no matter what you've done, there is grace for you if you will simply come to Jesus. And what's interesting is when you turn to Jesus, as many of us in this room have found, when you turn to Jesus, he's right there being like, I've been waiting for you. You don't need to do anything but come to him. You don't need to clean yourself up. You just come to him. He'll clean you up. He's good at that. He's been doing that as long as people have been alive. And today is the acceptable hour. Now is the time of salvation. And if you're in here today, and maybe you've already put your faith and trust in Jesus, but the stuff that we've been talking about tonight, it's like reading your mail. You don't need to get saved again. You just need to turn to Jesus again tonight. You need to say, Lord, I'm going I'm to leave this garbage that I've gotten myself involved in, and I'm going to run to you. I know it's amazing when you turn to him, he's there for you as well. God doesn't give up on any of us, and I'm grateful for that. Why? Because if you gave up on us, we would have been lost a long time ago. He doesn't quit on us. Philippians 1, 6, being confident of this very thing, that he who started a good work will be faithful to complete it in you. So if God started that work, he's going to see it through to the end. He's a don't quit, never giving up, always and forever God. And that's awesome, isn't it? Jesus is Today, Pastor Daniel clarified exactly what lust is. Once we can view people as image bearers of God, it becomes difficult to lust. 
because we see all God's creation as beautiful. As believers, our covenant isn't just with our spouses, but also with God. God is doing some amazing things with Jesus is Real Radio. It's our vision to see Jesus is Real Radio on more radio stations worldwide and to help change lives across the globe. You can help see this vision come to life by sending a gift of any amount to 7708 Northeast 78th Street, Vancouver, Washington, 98662. Again, to send a gift of any amount to Jesus is Real Radio, simply send your gift to 7708 Northeast 78th Street, Vancouver, Washington, 98662. Jesus is Real Radio is the radio ministry of Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. The messages that you hear each day here on Jesus is Real Radio were produced from messages that Pastor Daniel shared on Sunday mornings and the midweek study. It's our prayer that this teaching from God's Word blessed and encouraged you in your walk with Jesus Christ. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will share what it means to take God's name in vain. And it's much more than saying, OMG. Like the commandments we've studied so far, the heart speaks through our actions. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series entitled Sinai. Please glance at the clock right now and make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio. Amen.